Hello, and welcome to the Community IT Innovators Technology Topics Podcast, where we discuss nonprofit technology, cybersecurity, tech project implementation, strategic planning, and nonprofit IT careers. Find us at communityit.com. Welcome to Community IT Innovators Podcast. Uh, my name is Carolyn Woodard. I'm the Outreach Director for Community IT, and I'm here today with Johan Hammerstrom, our CEO. And we've had a question come in a couple of times recently that I wanted to get your kind of opinion or tips on. And that is, how do you talk to your MSP when things maybe aren't going so well? So, something, some kind of communication breakdown, maybe the prices have gone up or you're not getting the customer service that you were expecting, or there's something else about your relationship that's not going well. As an MSP, how would you like like our clients to talk to us and make sure that we're communicating well? I think it's, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Communication is the key. It's really important to have an open line of communication with the MSP that you're working with. And if if it's if things aren't just if you have any kind of sense that things aren't going well, I strongly encourage you to reach out to your MSP as soon as possible to communicate that to them. And if you're working with an MSP that's going to be a good fit for you long term, they will respond to that outreach. And if you're working with an MSP that is not going to take that to heart and respond to it, it's better to find that out earlier in the process. So it's good to to raise concerns as soon as you have them. And if you're working with a quality MSP, they're going to be so happy that you did. I I don't like hearing, you know, uh, critical feedback from our customers because uh, it means we've dropped the ball. But I much prefer that to not hearing the critical feedback. So I, I always welcome feedback from every one of our customers if they have concerns or issues with the service that we're that we're providing. Do you have advice for someone who's tried reaching out um, and maybe isn't getting a good answer, or maybe isn't talking to the right person at their MSP? Yeah, I I think. Generally speaking, your relationship with the MSP should involve a primary point of contact. And so there should be on the customer side, a point of contact who is responsible for managing the MSP and for managing the relationship, the vendor management. And then on the MSP side, there should also be a primary point of contact. At Community IT, that primary point of contact is a role we we call the IT business manager. They're responsible for overseeing all of the technical service delivery that we provide to a particular organization. Other MSPs may call that a VCIO role or a customer success specialist, customer care specialist. But generally, it's someone with a technical background who is involved in overseeing the delivery of technical services from the MSP to the customer. So that's the person to start with. But sometimes that relationship is the relationship that's the problem. And so then you really want to escalate to the either the account management team or the customer service department. The MSP should have a team that's non-technical 
that's concerned with customer service. And it may be the person who manages or oversees the contract. It may be someone that you hear from when the contract is up for renewal. Um, hopefully that person introduced themselves uh, to you when the relationship began. But if you've been working with the MSP for many, many years, you know, it's possible that you haven't reached out to that person. So I would, if you don't know who to, you know, who to contact and if it's just not clear from invoices or from the MSP's website, um, I would ask your primary point of contact, hey, I'd like to talk to someone in customer service about, you know, some concerns we've been having. Well, and you also probably have a contact at billing, right? Yes, when <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Always ask them. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't be shy, you know, reach out to whoever you can. And, you know, at some point you should be talking with a customer service person. And this probably is something that, of course, for community IT, this happens like at contracting or when we're first working with um, a client and we have a whole onboarding process where there's a get to know you meeting where everybody is uh, in the same meeting. But I think this probably comes up like if you're coming into a position at an organization and they already have an MSP. So maybe you weren't part of that initial meeting. Do you have advice on like how to like introduce yourself or like go in, like go back and look at the contract or talk to somebody at the MSP about, or when they're renewing, like just make sure that you're on on track with everything that's going on. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. We have a defined process. We call it our, our primary contact transition process. So if our primary contact that the customer transitions and we have a new primary contact, um, we proactively schedule a meeting with our account management team to do those very things, just kind of introduce ourselves, review the contract and how it works and go over how to get support and who the, the key players are. Um, if So if you're new to an organization and you're in a position of being the primary contact for the MSP, you should request that meeting. Just say, hey, I'm, you know, I'd really like to speak with uh, someone on your account management team to better understand the contract and the account. And, you know, I just want, I'd love to get an introduction uh, to the company. There's a tension, right? Because of course it's the MSP's job to know the technology and you may not be, you know, a highly technical person, but you're, the person that's the contact for the MSP for, for that relationship. Um, and I know we talk a lot about, it shouldn't be a black box. Like you shouldn't have an MSP that's just telling you, don't worry about this. We're taking care of everything. You know, just pay the bill basically. <laughs> um, so do you have any tips on like having that conversation? If you're not a technical person trying to get enough understanding out of the MSP uh, for what you need to know about what your organization, like what your half of the bargain is as well, the things that you need to be doing to work well with that MSP. Yeah. At the end of the day, the job of every MSP is to make sure that the technology that's being managed is meeting the customer's business needs. If the technology and the service around the technology isn't meeting the business needs of the organization, then something's not working right. And it's the customer's job to articulate those business needs. MSPs 
the worst thing an MSP can do is make assumptions about what the business needs are. And the second worst thing that an MSP can do is not care what the business needs are. And so they're just throwing technology at the organization without really thinking about whether or not it's meeting the business needs. Hopefully you're working with an MSP that isn't making assumptions and does care, but if things aren't working right, it's it's likely that they don't have an accurate understanding of what the business needs of the organization are. If you're new to the position, maybe the business needs have changed. You know, you may be new because of changes that are taking place at the organization. If you're new to the position, you know, maybe you're in a in a leadership role in the organization that is making changes to how the organization functions. It's really important to communicate that to your MSP so that they understand any shifts that are occurring in the business needs of the organization. I think oftentimes when the relationship breaks down, it's because things are changing on one side or the other, either the technology is changing and it's not being effectively communicated to the, to the customer or the customer's business needs are changing and that's not being effectively communicated to the managed services provider. That's usually lies at the heart of, of a lot of conflicts and a lot of lapses in in service. So that's a critical thing to, to communicate. A last question. I know a lot of MSPs are, there's a lot of consolidation. There are MSPs being uh, purchased, bought by other MSPs um, that are getting larger. Um, what do you, What is a good thing to do if you find out that your MSP has been sold? Most most consolidation right now in the MSP industry is being driven by private equity. There's a ton of money in the private equity space and it's looking for a return on investment. It's looking for, and it's not finding it in the stock market and it's not finding it in other traditional investments. And so private equity is out there looking for places to maximize return on investment. And for a decade now, private equity has has viewed the MSP space as a lucrative source for return on investment. So what private equity will do is it'll come in and find a pretty large MSP that's successful and it will invest in it to grow. And that MSP will go out and acquire smaller MSPs and bring it under the umbrella of the the larger MSP. And the strategy generally is to most MSPs you know, have at most one-year contract terms with their customers. And so they need to they need to make sure that they're not, they don't want to lose all their customers right away. So usually they'll leave the existing MSP largely in place. You'll see the same support staff that you've always seen. You'll have the same small business owner, you know, overseeing that division of this larger MSP. And at first things will feel kind of the same. Then then they start to turn the screws because the goal is to maximize profit. So they're going to start raising um, the rates. The quality of service potentially could go down. They're going to start replacing the smaller service delivery team with a larger, you know, sort of more generic service delivery team from the larger MSP. That works for a lot of organizations. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but they will continue to raise the rates because at the end of the day, their goal 
is not to keep all of the customers. The goal is to maximize the profit that they're getting from the customers who stay. And so we've seen this over and over again, where it's pretty much the same playbook. The first year is fine. Nothing's really going to change. And then starting in the second year, the rates start to go up, quality of service starts to go down. And at the end of the day, the private equity doesn't really care about keeping customers. They care about making money. Like that's that's their goal. And so they'll lose, they'll start to lose customers. And they've got the whole system optimized to know exactly like how many customers can we lose to, you know, sort of maximize the the profit that we're getting. So if your MSP has been acquired by a larger MSP, you know, find out who's who's acquiring. Not every MSP gets acquired by a private equity, private equity backed platform roll-up MSP. Um, but those that do, you know, try to find, they aren't going to tell you what their strategy is or they'll, you know, make it seem like it's not that big a deal. But I would um, start to look for those warning signs. And as soon as you start to see those, you know, really think about what can you honestly tolerate as an organization and is it worth going through the trouble of finding a new um, managed services provider. I would be especially wary of upselling, you know, a lot of a, a more aggressive upselling posture, trying to get you to buy more services than maybe you really need. Um, and I would also be concerned about lock-in. So this is, this is not as much of an issue now as it used to be, but um, in the MSP space, it's possible that you're getting locked in. One of the worst examples we've seen of this is if you're purchasing your file sharing solution from your MSP. So you're not storing files in a Dropbox account that you own or in a SharePoint um, account that's tied to your, um, your main Microsoft account. You're storing your files in a solution that's being provided by your MSP and you're paying for that on the invoice that you're getting from the MSP. That is a dangerous situation to be in because either they're locking you into working with them if you want to continue to have access to your files or they are going to start, you know, they'll charge you a lot more if you leave and go with a different MSP. So that's just one example. But if there's any technology lock-in at all with your MSP, and you have any concerns, I would that's something I would focus on. And if you're using a file sharing solution that's being provided by your MSP, I would let them know that I'm interested in having one that I own. Like I don't want to, you know, no customer should be locked into anything that an MSP does. I guess is there an, is there a, is there a diplomatic answer to that question? Um, I feel like this is a good point to jump in and say that we do have a free download on our site with the twelve questions to ask an MSP when you're going through a vetting process. If you want to change MSPs, you know, for any reason because they've been acquired and their rates are going up because the communication just there's no way to salvage the the uh, partnership. Um, for any you know host of other uh, reasons that you might want to change, that the pain point of staying with your current MSP has gotten to a point where the pain of changing 
it seems like a lesser evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do have this download with 12 questions to ask, um, ranging from like who answers the phone to how they're going to partner with you on strategic planning and uh, kind of what service they, they have around helping you with being strategic about the IT that you need that meets your business needs, as you were saying. Um, so I think we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for your time today, Johan. I really appreciate these uh, tips on dealing with MSPs kind of from the other side of the fence. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you. Community IT does these free webinars and podcasts for our community, and we love sharing our knowledge and experience. If you have more questions or are having trouble with your IT at your nonprofit, please get in touch with us on our website www.communityit.com so we can start a conversation or schedule an assessment. Downloading any of our free resources there will get you signed up for our webinar reminders and you can attend our next webinar in real time and ask our experts your own questions. If you love podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a rating to help others find this leadership resource for nonprofits.